0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 338 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my
1: um, ever-reliable co-host, Peter. Uh, We're coming at you with the ectoplasmic election edition of the cast where the scariest thing is not participating in your local government go go vote go vote (laughs) it's coming up
0: (laughs) i mean (laughs) sponsored by
1: uh whatever county is is nearest to you
0: i will say that um election day is a far more important holiday than halloween Mm -hmm.
1: but uh i would we haven't cleared one yet (laughs) i uh what if what if instead of instead of the ballot you just had each candidate go around each house with with a big pumpkin bucket and a costume (laughs) it's like voter trick or vote and you don't
0: you know i'm surprised there i mean there's got to be rules against it as a campaign tactic.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know <laughs> what? What you could do though is you could send your uh, your goons out, your goonies, and they could like walk around the the trick or treat circuit in the neighborhood, and instead of taking candy, well, that's
0: what I was thinking. You know, that like uh, instead of trick or treat, I've got a treat for you. Uh, Paul S. Thompson is running for state
1: senator. John Trendow is. <laughs> He's running for state county comptroller. <laughs> there is no record of him ever speaking on camera or on on tape. No one's thought to record the him. The
0: hospital, which he claims to be born at, has no records of his birth.
1: Ironic for someone with such a data-driven <laughs> position to not have any identifying information. But that's that's just how we roll here.
0: We swear this person does exist.
1: It's it's one of those uh you know, it's like uh, control, right? That that video game control where yeah. it's just the the bureaucracy of the of the house is just concealing these eldritch horrors. <laughs> um yeah, and we are we're coming at you live from <laughs> Uh, you know, a place that uh, I, I at the time of the story, I would guess would not have a democratic system being run by Inner Gang, Condoc. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know that Condoc was ever a democracy from the way they spelled things out in That's this true. movie, which we've got. I've got at least quite a bit. Uh, oh
1: yeah. To oh, say about this, this was, movie, this was um, very, uh, very entertaining slop. Um, it's, it's didn't make me die inside because uh I don't know how much I was expecting from Black Adam, but
0: yeah, my expectations weren't particularly high it either. Was,
1: it was fun to watch it and tra- yet <laughs> try and put I stuff together. I was still
0: disappointed.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. So this is uh. I was gonna say, <laughs> this is Dwayne the Rock Johnson's uh, movie premiere, his acting debut.
0: <laughs> sure is.
1: <laughs> this is. He's um, actually broke. He's broken many records in this movie for least amount of movement done by an actor. That's um, true. If you ha-
0: even more, even he's he's right up there with the guy from Weekend to Bernies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all wire foo, baby. Um, yeah, if you, if you listening to this and you're like, oh, no, I need to go out and see Black Adam right away. I can't, I can't let these guys spoil it for me. Um, I have one rule. You need to sneak your vodka or your fireball into the theater and you need to take a drink whenever, uh, the rock raises his arms. That's our drinking game. You'll find
0: like at least a chest level.
1: You will remain surprisingly sober. Uh.
0: It is unfortunately oh, true, but it is also unfortunately true that we have a smattering of trailers here we have to get to on
1: Watch. One one uh one slug of buckshot's worth. Just enough to put a, you know, a good spread into yeah. your, like your kneecap or something, I don't know. It's got a good spread. Uh,
0: um I don't know where do you want to start? Well, let's get this out.
1: <laughs> Speaking of speaking of scattering, um we're going to get this out of the way first. Uh, the quintessential quintuplets, the movie. That's right. It's yeah. the romance comedy anime that um, you've probably never heard of, or if sure you did, uh, why are you watching this show?
0: I certainly <laughs> had not um, yeah, yeah, I really want to we're see. Not going to be I want to, to meet every, everyone <laughs> in the Venn diagram of people who both listen to this show. And are big fans of, you know, I'll even take have heard of the quintessential quintuplets, I'd like to meet all of you individually. Yeah. This
1: is like the, this is the the version of that scene in office space where he's where he's talking to his buddy or his neighbor. And he's like, what if you had right. your own? What would you do if you had your own anime? He's like five girls at the same time, man. <laughs> That's the premise guy is is dating or in like you know the japan romance right where they they never say it until they get married (laughs) i always say friendship (laughs) friendship 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 married um and he's got to figure out which one to take to japanese prom and like maybe he's going off to college or something it's it's it is teen drama it is the teeniest of teen drama
0: the surprising part here is that it actually has a pretty positive like to dislike ratio. <laughs> oh.
1: 339
0: thumbs up to 120 thumbs down. There are some interesting comments though. Um, one's just a literary quote, Life is not about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself.
1: <laughs> who is who who is Lolly Dascal?
0: I'm gonna be very embarrassed if it's one of the characters in the show and I just did not understand. It's like
1: when Herman when Kane quoted the Pokemon movie. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Oh no, it's she is the leader of like some self-help group leadership firm.
0: Oh, uh, I should have expected that, considering the uh,
1: profile that left it is money bag emoji makes seven hundred and fifty per day. <laughs> Ah, glad that glad that a spam comment made it to like the top comment here.
0: Yeah, shows you the the traction this has. This trailer on uh, like one of the bigger trailer uh, YouTube channels with fifteen point seven million subscribers has eleven thousand views.
1: Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's just the it's just the hardcore uh, fans. This is, I think this is one of those situations where if you don't like it, you're not going to tune in and then leave a dislike. You're just going to move on and glaze yeah, over it, like... it. You just see that and you're like, oh, the quintessential quintuplets anime, the movie, series finale. Okay. Uh, what else is on here? And then, and yeah. then uh, Crunchyroll gets to lose more money. I'm I'm sure they are making big bank. They've on... cut wages
0: all the way back. <laughs> they can't they can't save any more money than they already have.
1: Well, they're I don't know if they're streaming the thousand year blood war arc for Bleach. I know that's the the popular thing right now. There...
0: Well, I assume they carry bleach.
1: Yeah. Insert insert drinking bleach joke here.
0: I yeah, know. I was I was thinking about that, but decided against it. It was too
1: toxic, too plain. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
0: Too plain actually works as a transition to one of the oh. trailers. So We'll see on that uh, plane, which had the little t- trailer before the trailer mm-hmm. thing, and they actually used like a movie trailer voice man. Uh, unfortunately, the rest of the movie did not look very no. good.
1: This looks like um, this looks like action slock.
0: Yeah, I mean it's definitely in the Lionsgate wheelhouse of mm-hmm. um recognizable name actors on the downswing of their career. Yeah,
1: you're telling me? Um, wait, you're telling me that a Gerard Butler action movie might be subpar? <laughs>
0: Well, Peter, I'm glad you're sitting because I regret to inform you that that might be the case. God damn.
1: What was that that uh, Luke Cage always says? Because Mike Coulter's in this where he's like, sweet Mary or something. I forget what his catchphrase was. I don't remember. Luke Cage in the Netflix series, he had a catchphrase. I remember that he had one. I don't remember what it is, but he definitely had one. Um. I feel like oh, Mike dear. Coulter probably should be in better stuff than this.
0: His career really didn't did take off after Luke Cage like you probably hoped,
1: and that's gonna be um, yeah, it's a shame. Like, so I'm looking at this and like, <laughs> this is this is one step away. Like, this is one step more, I guess, in the realistic direction from like something that would be named like. If it wasn't if it wasn't like militants or whatever, this movie would be like Escape from Cannibal Island or some shit, or it would be um, what's the what's the movie with our with our guy where he fights the monkeys beast exit? Oh, uh, primal Primal force. Force? Yeah, like they're they're going for like the the military thriller kind of deal, but like it's the uh, you know. Bunch of nice, like a bunch of middle class people get crash land on an island with dangerous stuff, and they gotta escape. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, it's not it's exactly really not a new premise. A new they, premise. They just, they just decided to but not go. None, none of these Lionsgate movies. Neither none of these Lionsgate films ever really feel that original. Yeah that was Fat Man Lionsgate, that was pretty original. Yeah,
1: yeah that was that was, um, that was at least doing something. Um I guess the the twist is uh they made Mike Coulter like he's got like a he's a killer with the past, which I know doesn't sound unique, <laughs> but there's you know the setup is that like he was in jail for something and that's why they have one of the you know it's the classic setup where like you have three to 15 vulnerable characters who are totally useless and exist to get killed. And then you have two comp you know two or three people with actual like who are going to do the action scenes.
0: Yeah. The and, people you paid to be yeah, in the movie.
1: And they're the and you got to make an excuse up for them somehow.
0: Yeah. Um so I right. the secret military background Also not a new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What
1: are the chances that he's going to have a past with one of these militants?
0: At least 85%. Um,
1: Yeah, go watch this movie uh, with TV tropes on on the other screen and see how many you can find.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, this will be a perfectly passable red box rental. (laughs) <laughs> when all said and done, if you're in the mood for some schlocky action, which there is a mood for that, it does exist. I am often struck with it myself. That's why you will find uh, "Death Race" <laughs> <Yep>. and <laughs> "Fucking the Transporter" in my DVD collection. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I like this. I like this top comment for you know this action. This action adventure film with lots of intense uh, scenes, fast paced, you know, I just love Gerard Butler. Something about this man is just so calm and comfortable. Good job, Gerard.
0: I mean, Gerard Butler. Talk about a quick rise and quick fall like. He was huge after 300 but then, fucking, <laughs> did nothing of quality he, after that. And even Three Hundred wasn't a very good like, movie. He
1: was like that uh, that manhole cover that got hit by a nuclear bomb, right? And it just <laughs> soared into the stratosphere. Like it, it was just that one explosive moment, and they've been riding that ever since. Um, yeah, Gerard plus gun emoji equals a great movie.
0: Yeah, Jared Butler uh was in a movie called Honest Citizen Law Abiding yes. Citizen, that's the one. And uh that's basically the same premise as Savage Salvation.
1: Yeah, this is um this is so so very so very boomer. This is this is like it's like Death Wish plus yeah, like Law Abiding Citizen.
0: It's like Taken. It's like a lot of things. Old um old- but they managed to get like reasonably respectable actors to star in this yeah. movie. Like it's got John Malkovich and Robert De Niro. Somehow they were hoodwinked into this.
1: They they figured it out that they could uh, they could get the check here. So yeah, this is like yeah, this is well, aging actor gets to shoot a but he gets to shoot those drug pushers for killing his his daughter or his like son's girlfriend or something. And he's just gonna kill like a bunch of pushers, man. I, they just need to slap the fucking winners don't do drugs right over the front of this thing, yeah. and we are we're right at home in the eighties. Who?
0: Well, they they tell me that uh, the the protagonist is himself a recovering opioid addict. I wonder if they will do anything with that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Remains to be seen. Although, you know, you know, it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be schlock when the nail gun comes out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's how you know. They're just like, they just want to, we're just there for the kills. You're, You're just there to watch people get, get blowed up.
0: Yeah. But like going to that, that extent with it, Is dangerous Like just Not not, I know that the makers of Savage Salvation Don't necessarily want Critiques on the psychology Of uh, action movies But I feel like You have to keep in mind That your protagonist Can't Like match the level of heinousness That he's endured Otherwise he's no longer Sympathetic Yeah
1: <laughs> unless again unless you're doing something like Death Wish where like the whole point is that he's not coming out of it and he's he can do heinous things cuz that's he's sacrificing himself for the innocent person. Yeah. Um so this is this is directed by Randall Emmett who um when I look at his career uh he oh, there's a whole section devoted to his poker career. Uh, let's see what, let's see what movies he produced. Oh boy. Uh, there's a whole column here of direct to video. That's good.
0: He apparently was a producer on the Irishman.
1: Yep. Okay. So he works with, he's, we've talked about this with, (laughs) with, with Dwayne Johnson's, uh, and his, and his directing buddy that he wants on all his movies. This is, I think this is De Niro's. Um, he did the... Well,
0: I actually, I would say that this is actually... Because he's had, like, what? Two director credits, including this one? I think this was... He's finally getting a chance to direct, and he's calling a favor from his buddy, oh, Robbie. Oh, he was
1: a producer on all this stuff. Okay.
0: Yes. Which means he used so his I poker he... money
1: to finance this shit.
0: I think he's, he's getting a chance to do another movie and he's calling his his friend Bobby to help yep. him out.
1: Okay, that makes a lot.
0: Midnight in the Switchgrass was a Bruce Willis teaser teaser and that's his only other director gotcha. credit.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's been the producer on like Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. Uh 88 minutes escape. Escape Plan. Two Gun he he was a producer on Two Guns.
0: So the thing about eighty eight minutes that will never not bother me is the movie is not eighty
1: eight minutes long, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had one job uh to make a movie that wouldn't wouldn't count as a feature film. <laughs> he was a producer on Gotti
0: <laughs> well i think there's there might be a slight exception to um the like has to be 90 minute rules because I know Army of Darkness, the theatrical cut is only 81 minutes and that released in theaters. So maybe there's there's some ways around that.
1: Well, I'm sure they'll release it in theaters. Like, I guess it needs to be a feature film for like the purposes of awards and like Hollywood business.
0: Perhaps, yeah.
1: If you're like, if you just wanted to get it in the theaters and get people showing it. Like, sure. I don't think the actual movie theaters like wouldn't oblige as long as you have a production studio to distribute it.
0: 88 minutes is one hour and 48 minutes <laughs> long. Uh, for those of you who are challenged in the ways of math, that is 108 minutes, 20 more minutes than advertised. Why? <laughs> Why the fuck are you going to do that?
1: Oh lord Yeah so <laughs> He he likes his He likes his action movies And his, his shooty movies That's that's oh, our director you know, for this And you know I guess true to form Wouldn't expect
0: Also 30 minutes or less Similar <laughs> that's Annoyance That's one's an hour and 23 minutes <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, a, just a fucking 29 minute film <laughs>
0: I mean,
1: the movie was pretty bad. I think it would have been helped by the shorter runtime. I get that. And, like, my. This is my. You know my brain. So I get this and Stuber, like, confused. Because they both. They're both about, you know, delivery gig work. Minimum yeah. wage jobs where you need your own car.
0: Uh, that's a. That's a. You've just you've brought up a challenge in my mind. Like which which movie was worse? Stuber or thirty minutes or less?
1: I I feel like I've got to put it on Stuber.
0: I see, thirty minutes or less, I think, might be at least more disappointing because there were expectations, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there were comedy people in this comedy movie. You would have thought that'd be funny, and, but weren't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess in I that mean, respect, Stewart yeah. just had
0: Kamal Johnny, whom you know you may or may not find was, funny. Yeah,
1: he's a comedy person. I wouldn't call Dave Batista a a comedy personality.
0: Uh, nor would
1: I. Although he like he's been pla he's been put in those roles as like. He's I feel like he's not the one who makes jokes he his character like
0: he's the one who who is joked about yes, yes. his
1: whole character in comedy movies is he he just doesn't do like nuance and and his character isn't like he looks like he's gonna beat you up, but he just says things instead and it's like what he looks tough, but he's not entirely gonna punch you. That's funny. That's jokes, guys. That's comedy gold. Like, it's gold, did Dave, That's did gold. Dave Batista just say he likes strawberry ice cream? <gasps> Fucking riots in the streets. People dying. Like like Joker gas just was released into the audience. What? He has a he has a Pomeranian for a pet? <gasps> Like, none of these scenes exist, but I can see them so clearly. I can see Dave Batista walking a little chihuahua. And they put that as, like, that's, like, the whole point of that scene is to make that joke.
0: Get Big Dave on the phone. We got some ideas. The
1: picture. I'm putting him in the Tooth Fairy 2. Even toothier. <laughs>
0: Wait, was he in the tooth? No, thing? that was the rock. Or was that Vin Diesel? Oh, that was the rock. Okay. Why well, do I think that it was Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel was in some other stupid movie um, like that. The pacifier, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I want. And now I'm curious. You got me curious. Oh, so there wasn't. there was a
1: tooth fairy too. I think. No, that's just the OG tooth fairy. Like, I I appreciate the the concept. Like, someone really probably had a. They really love their concept for that, where he's like, oh, he's like a hockey player because they knock their teeth out. I'm like, oh, that's like creative or something.
0: I think they worked backwards from Tooth Fairy to get hockey player. <laughs> Peter. I don't think it was.
1: Um, oh, OK. There, there we go, kids. <laughs> All right, Kurt, I'll give you I'll give you three guesses. You can't look, but I'll give you three guesses who the manly character in Tooth Fairy 2 is.
0: Um, well, I'm going to float another Vin Diesel out there.
1: Nope. Schlubbier.
0: Um, Flubbier?
1: Yeah. Schlubbier, yeah. Schlubbier.
0: Um, Tim Allen?
1: (laughs) Getting close.
0: Uh... (laughs) Trying to connect a dot from Tim Allen, and um, then
1: they're they're like a, could be a comedic personality.
0: Kevin James,
1: you're all you were almost there. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy.
0: Oh shit! Larry
1: the Cable <laughs> Guy is Tooth Fairy too. Oh jeez. Yep, there, there he, there he is. In- and they didn't go with like the tough guy thing. Oh, they're doing it's like the the Santa Claus, but it's the Tooth Fairy Claus. If I ever meet if I ever meet this man, I'm going <laughs> I'm telling him, "Man, I loved you in the Tooth Fairy too." Yeah. Oh my god. I I'm just in I'm just in disbelief. Um, so let's not dwell on this trailer anymore. <laughs> not tra- on Savage Salvation. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move. That's what you signed up for. <laughs> let's move to Taurus. Um, now you might get this confused with Tar because it's a movie starting with the letters T-A-R about a a pale white musician with bright blonde hair who is gifted yet troubled and has a psychological breakdown. You might get those confused, but this is a different, <laughs> this is a different movie,
0: different movie with those attributes.
1: Um, this, I guess this is, has MGK as the main guy. Um,
0: I haven't watched this trailer. Yeah.
1: So the, the premise <laughs> is this. like, he's, a. I he's playing fi- <laughs> MGK plays fictional MGK. Um, he's a, he's a, popular musician, rock star, you know, platinum records, all that jazz, but he's troubled because the fame has gotten to him and it's straining all his relationships and he feels dead inside.
0: Say it ain't so. So... I thought being famous would would be awesome. I didn't know there'd be consequences.
1: (laughs) Who knew that the world of, of entertainment could be dramatic? So... So that I mean, that's it. Like it's, yeah. Watch him uh, trash a room because he's like upset with his life.
0: Yeah. Um, next up, we got the pale blue. Uh, Netflix paid Christian Bale's price tag. Yep. Which means they, they needed to funnel a lot of money into the budget <laughs> this year.
1: I will say when I watched this on my phone, this wasn't, as good looking as it was when I watched it here on the monitor, like the color, I can see they put a lot into the color grading on this. Um,
0: I, I feel like that's because your phone has all kinds of screen issues. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be a little past due for an upgrade <laughs> there, pal. Just
1: maybe. <laughs> uh, but you know, the color blue stands out. Who'd have thunk in this, in this pale blue eye trailer. Um. Yeah. No. Christian Bale said, "I want to do a revenant. Put me in the snowy, in the snowy north, in the woods. We'll do a. We'll do an 1800 story. So they're adapting, uh, an Edgar Allan Poe story, which I have not read. I don't know about this one,
0: but I'm sure it's very Poe. Yep. Uh. Yeah. So." christian bale in a victorian setting Mm -hmm. not exactly new ground being tread there (laughs) um we are it i'm sure it'll be fine yeah but it could also be triple frontier you never know i Um, we
1: i'm sure there are podcasts dedicated specifically to watching netflix historical movie type drama things because there's there's a lot of those on Netflix.
0: Yeah, well, there's there's a big market for that. Women are crazy for period dramas. Yeah, and and women watch. Or I would I would venture to guess women make up the majority of Netflix's active users.
1: I I wouldn't be one to say. I have heard that they are the uh, they are the top consumers of true crime. And that does make up a lot of Netflix's yeah. content.
0: And that You know, I, I feel like the fact that they make so many, like every streaming service makes so many docu-series about serial killers mm-hmm. indicates to me that women are the, uh, the prime demo for streaming services because women love serial killers. For whatever reason... <laughs> Your average woman—not not all women, obviously. Everyone's an individual, but in mass, if you if you rounded up fifteen women, if you got Mitt Romney's binder full of women, there would probably be a solid eighty-seven percent of those who have a uncomfortable fascination with serial killers.
1: Were, so you're saying they would be happy to f- have found themselves in a stalker's binder full of women?
0: I don't think. <laughs> They want to be a victim of a serial killer. I just think that they're fascinated by serial killers. Part of me thinks it might be just like, so they know what to watch out for. <laughs> because most most serial killers victimize women. Probably because they're easier to kill.
1: <laughs> Your girl is easy to kill. <laughs> oh, I, I got no clue. What I'm saying, all I know is guys customize your trash bags when you dismember when you dismember your victims make sure they go out in style
0: here's here's my advice to every serial killer um when you're getting rid of the body make sure you dug a really fucking deep grave because that's how they seem to get all these guys (laughs) they find a body in a shallow grave i feel like if i were gonna kill someone the first thing i'd do would dig a real deep hole like past past the six feet they'd be looking for they'd be like ah, no one digs a nine foot grave but you you would have dug a nine foot grave and that's how you got away with it
1: gotta watch out for that uh all all you gotta do is you gotta beat the ground penetrating radar they'll i they'll bring it out but if you put enough
0: just you just want to hit that water table Mm -hmm you hit that water table body will be
1: carried out to sea talk with your landscaper learn how to pull up the the mulch pull up the pull up the uh, peat and grass layer without disturbing it any good greenskeeper will tell you they'll know how to do that for you
0: and they literally will not care
1: <laughs> so that's your that's your murder tips your date your weekly murder tips from us
0: from two people who have never killed anyone before
1: <laughs> um where where do we go from here
0: um we... uh let's talk about the sun, yeah. I guess
1: a, Anthony Hopkins pivot, was but... a
0: serial killer yeah in in a very famous movie, so there's a connection there there's a fruit He's line be
1: in one scene of this movie um of course, yeah, this is um. This is for everyone who like wants they're like, I just want serious cinema. They're like, guys, this is this is one hundred percent in grade A, just serious cinema for those who who want to think all the way inside the box.
0: Yeah, I mean when they do the trailer here, they, they make a lot of emphasis about how nearly all the leads have been academy award winners or nominees and um it's from sony pictures classics which is a little presumptuous i would say sony
1: it's never too early <laughs> let's to wait for the reviews classic.
0: <laughs> instant classic just to add people um yeah i mean it's in the father we've talked about this before there was a teaser which was basically the same length of this trailer and from my recollection of it which admittedly is not great cuz it's not particularly memorable to me um it was 90% the same scenes yeah so we we won't dwell on it too much it's it's another entry in the why is this suddenly a cinematic universe
1: <laughs> why yeah why do we need the sequel to the father
0: um or a spin-off i guess um, but yeah, we're just we're, we're ready for the threequel for the Holy Ghost, and uh, you know yeah. we'll be there.
1: And and speaking of threequels involving families, um, it's our big it's our big <laughs> comic book thing. Well, maybe not, maybe not big. It's more like small. Uh, Ant yeah. Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, just keep building those, keep putting those suffixes on the end of it, baby. Um, I'll, uh,
0: I'll at least give it that it looks more interesting than pretty much any of the other Phase 4 movies. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Kang is in it that's makes me think that they might actually try to advance something called a yeah, plot. you would have
1: thought that like, <laughs> Ant-Man was going to have them looks like it's going to have the most plot relevance of any of this shit.
0: Yeah, I would not have had that in my uh, on my bingo card. Uh,
1: this is Uh-oh. this is one of the Marvel templates now that we've seen more and more often which is hero and core cast go into other world place and will have they meet strange characters and will have to go out most famously right it was Ragnarok where they go to the world yeah. and they have to get their way out, um, but I feel like you had a similar thing in like I don't know Iron Man three, I would say, because um, he gets like for the main for the middle of that movie he's like crash landed in like the um, in the farm.
0: Okay, like not, but that's not like a literal that's other true. world. You could do this trope with literal other worlds. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um. Yeah, so all right, maybe I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't speak so quickly if I can't pull out more than one example, but that's a really big example well, with a lot. I of, mean,
0: Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness yep. kind of had that going on there. Um, I mean, basically that's all Guardians of the Galaxy is. Mhm.
1: Um you had I would say.
0: Sure. If you want to count TV shows, uh, you could also throw WandaVision on there in a sense. Yeah, it, it's not. They Marvel to has place like six storylines.
1: And that's maybe part of it is that's also a very popular format for two parter TV specials for like adventure and uh, superhero shows.
0: Many a Power Rangers episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Many, a, many a Justice League You know, your your Superman, the new adventures.
0: Yeah, I mean, the quality shows. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that it's... There's a reason it's recycled as much as it is. It's a pretty easy way to build a a story that everyone can connect with.
1: It's a very simple way to... You get to go to a place, introduce a new setting with a lot of characters, and then any that you want to keep after... You can bring back, and any that that don't play well, they they weren't they didn't come back. Don't worry, they they stayed in Quantum Land.
0: Yeah, and um, they found they found the guy that they're gonna use in the Stanley cameo spot, I guess, <laughs> who looks like fucking Will Forte playing an old
1: man. <laughs> you don't have to have. When he, he he's not in here, so you don't have to put him in like the can't. You don't have to have that cameo anymore. It can just be. Can just be out of it. You don't got to worry about. Yeah,
0: that. I mean, I I like I said, this actually looks quite a bit better than most of the shit Marvel's dumped onto screens this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked. Well, I don't have any strong feelings towards Ant-Man and the Wasp.
1: No, that was the very definition of mid. Like both Ant-Man movies.
0: Yeah. um, I, I'll i probably see it, but I don't know that i will go to the theater to see it unless we end up doing it for the show. I'll we'll probably wait for it to mm-hmm. worm its way into Disney Plus, which for the last couple of Marvel movies has been shockingly quick.
1: Yeah, that's I don't I don't even know when this is coming out.
0: February 17th.
1: Oh, okay. they're slotting it in the fucking they're putting in the winner slot. That's that's always a strong move. They have a lot of faith. Um, Let me see when the other Ant-Man movies released.
0: I think. Ant Man and the Wasp was early spring. All right. So, so probably around the same OG time. OG Ant
1: Man was a summer blockbuster. June 29th, 2015. Um, okay. Ant Man and the Wasp, that was July 6th. So, that was another blockbuster. Oh, that was a July 6th, 2018. Yes, I, I remember. But this one, February, baby.
0: Yeah. They, uh, well they had main a main Avengers movie a core avenger cast movie uh and the big summer slot too bad it under delivers all right well that's trey watch let's uh let's mercifully move on Let to escape. the follow up yeah. here um I guess black Adam did come out last. Yeah, no. It yeah. came out last Friday. It opened Friday. Wanted, that's we right. We
1: had to do Edge Runners instead of it.
0: Yeah, I I do remember that now. Um, Black Adam had a decent opening for weekend forty two, twenty first through twenty third of October. Mm. Uh, Sixty seven million yep. opening in forty four hundred theaters. Probably less than they were hoping for.
1: Oh, assuredly. I I think they were. Hoping to get like you know seventy, even eighty.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, mean the
1: real the real measure, of course, is how fast this is gonna fall off, and I really think this is this is not gonna have any staying power.
0: No, I don't think so. Especially I think with, its opening was already hurt by lukewarm mm-hmm. uh, preview, yeah.
1: especially with Wakanda Forever coming in. Like that's the, that superhero movie is gonna shove this out. You know, it's gonna I feel like it's gonna try and stay stay in theaters to compete as long as it can. Obviously, but
0: That's interesting. I, I guess we'll see. I don't know.
1: We are poised to get another Black Panther movie that goes until February.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess I wouldn't bet against Black Panther, but there are a lot of people not very happy with the direction that movie took.
1: Oh, with the, with the so original Black we, Panther?
0: No, with oh. Black Panther Wakanda Forever, with the decisions gotcha. they made with that movie. So it would be kind of interesting to see if that affects its box office any. Mm-hmm. I mean, I w- again, the first Black Panther did so incredibly well. Yeah. And I feel like they're kind of going after the same audience with the new one. So, I'm sure it' will also do pretty well, but Black Adam has drawn in hundred and fifty six million dollars worldwide thus far um that's it's not great
1: <laughs> no there and it doesn't bode well for well we'll talk about it at the during the the future the yeah, fu- well. the future it does not bode well for the future.
0: Ticket to Paradise opened in a distant second place, bringing in $16.5 million in just over 3,500 theaters, and it's also sashayed its way into our spotlight, largely on the back of us already planning to review the number one movie in America. Um, So Ticket to Paradise, in case you have forgotten, is the George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Um, rom-com in paradise yeah like but action
1: thing also it's kind of trying to
0: cash in on the uh, the lost city or whatever um, Mm -hmm. kind of formula there
1: I forgot that there were like action scenes in it yeah
0: pirates take over the wedding or some shit like that and the divorced couple has to has to save their daughter and maybe find
1: well, along the way
0: what what they what they saw on each other beforehand, but well, maybe not. I don't know, but I do know some people who do know. Presumably, uh, the people who have bothered to submit reviews to the IMDb user review section.
1: That really is the best way to describe it. They've just bot they bothered to submit it. Like they they went out of their way. They didn't have to do this.
0: No one has to do this. And I think we might be the only people who actually read them. Mm-hmm. Well, that can't be true because there are there are these votes that indicate yeah. uh, people read them. But at most, it's like a couple yeah. hundred. We
1: we give the appreciation and the love. Yeah, to these we do these beautiful. I think beautiful we, we have
0: patroned patron these, <laughs> these these bridge these trolls for Maridb <laughs> <eye> <laughs> holes, little <riddle> green ghouls. <laughs>
1: I should watch Give I should the watch the battle. Dead Don't Die Again for Halloween.
0: <laughs> that's a good one. I don't know what happened to it. It was on HBO yeah. Max for a while. I wonder if it's back. It. Um but Vuka Vuka Sinvokvik dash Sandra ninety
1: <laughs> four. that's a mouthful.
0: Yeah. Um Ticket to Paradise, ten out of ten. Breath of Fresh Air. Clooney and Roberts bring back the feelings of 90s romantic comedies that don't force any PC agenda on the viewers, but let them enjoy the humor and chemistry between the two lead actors. As the title suggests, we will get to see the beautiful nature as well as peek into Balinese culture and experience the importance of f a m i l a l values familial. and bonds yeah familiar is that how that's spelled
1: uh maybe copy and paste in the chat
0: it's possible that's just a word i've never seen written down before fair enough but it looks it looks incorrect
1: yeah, that's, that's right familial
0: okay Uh, values and bonds and the younger couple is likable but bleak in certain scenes it gets better with age (laughs) don't know what that parenthetical is about um the pest friend stereotype is at times over the top but overall adds to comedic value emily and in paris actor Lucas Bravo managed a perfect balance so that viewers can be charmed, but also feel sorry for her. His gorgeous character with people, with people-pleasing personality. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Although oh, the supporting cast understood the task, the leading actor's charisma blew us away. Oh, there's two of them. I see. So it's it's and Sandra. Oh. Uh, uh, the score is. According to the genre, rom com treasure. Is there a a genre specific score for rom coms? Apparently.
1: <laughs> and only this only this duo knows it. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's probably fair to guess that they have they have watched more rom coms than sure I have.
1: Could, you could develop a pretty descriptive and complex rom com index. With how with how template and like formulaic, the the movies are. You could definitely start put. You can put them on some distributions, and you could get the bell curves going. Oh. You could do you could do the Gaussian breakdown. Oh man, it's all there, baby.
0: Oh my god, the six sigma. <laughs> get the six sigma it's gonna fucking be so wrong times.
1: <laughs>
0: it's gonna be tight. It's a tight spread. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> it's a very it is a very capable process.
0: <laughs> it's got a CPK of eight. <laughs>
1: How many? Uh, how many people? And how many people found this helpful?
0: Um, three out of nine.
1: Fair enough. Um, on the other hand, <laughs> down the other end of the bell curve, we've got uh, Catherine Show Walter with their one out of ten chump change to pay the pool cleaners. Oof! This one. This is just awful. Predictable by the numbers romantic comedy. The stars must have done this for the travel and maybe for cash to tip their servants. The trailer tells you everything and, and gives you all very mild laughs. Sure. Julia and George are charming, but they come off as shills here. The daughter is an idiot and the fiance is flat. There's nothing good here for you. This is empty entertainment. And even in a time where people need fun, this is more like giving a greasy donut to a heart patient. Don't do this to yourself. Ask for better. You deserve it. And Roberts <laughs> and Clooney owe it to us. 58. It's
0: a pretty uplifting message of support right. there at the end.
1: Stop it. Get some help.
0: You deserve better.
1: Uh, 58 out of 108. Found that one helpful.
0: Got a lot of traction, a lot more traction than anything I managed to snag.
1: I guess so. Um, in the middle, or in the in in the four in the four out of tens, we got we got a four out of ten from Vikumar Vikumarster. Uh, a lot of lot of uh,
0: mm-hmm. South Asian, yeah. It seems reviewers of this.
1: Maybe they. Maybe, who knows? Maybe they're big rom com fans too. It's it's all the. <laughs> It's the, sa- it's the same. It's the same energy.
0: I I no. I believe it a hundred percent based on my personal experiences. And with, it's also got George Clooney
1: uh, in it, and like people. he's one of those names that you can just like throw any. You can drop anywhere on planet Earth, and they'll be like, "Oh, it's George Clooney, the Nespresso yeah. guy." <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget the the slew of Nespresso things with him, but. That's not what this review is. This review is 4 out of 10. Ticket to hell. Uh Uh-oh. Seems a bit dramatic. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. No, it's actually paradise. Take a constantly squabbling couple living in some city. They were divorced X number of years. Their daughter is graduating from college. Now both have attended the graduation ceremony and both catch the same plane. Goof. To her vacation, which is in Bali. But first they attend the graduation and again get seats alongside each other. I don't see. I'm trying to pronounce that as best I can. But the actual like formatting is all caps words with double asterisks on both sides and square brackets surrounding it. I there is no humanly way. To, to pronounce it like it looks like it looks like this um, and get seats alongside each other it's not funny at all taking pot shots at each other in public is ridiculous and embarrassing but these are multi-millionaire stars so this becomes a fucking embarrassing so this becomes a billboard for Bali a tourist's heave and seaweed farming but first we have the daughter and her friend swimming and we have love at first sight. A waste of time. Four out of nine found that helpful. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself.
0: Let me just do a quick geography trek. Okay, yeah. Bali's in the South Pacific, so that's not why there's so many. Oh, no, maybe. I could see maybe that's why there's some South that is technically South Asia. Or is it North Oceania?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I... Where does Asia begin, <laughs> Oceania, or vice versa? The some way, the way some that, experts that do sense.
1: say the ocean, <laughs> but there's the Indian Ocean. <laughs> like, what do you call? So yeah, Oceania is a region of the Earth, but they don't correct.
0: It's a continent.
1: Yeah, I guess it. I guess it is a continent. I just
0: it's the proper name of the continent because the. In, if you went to American public school yep. in the 90s, early we 2000s, learned you've learned the continent's name is Australia. Uh, funny thing about that, though, is there are countries other than Australia. Kind of
1: <laughs> hanging around there.
0: In the continent there, so they it's more correctly known as Oceania. Very
1: sad that the body of water that is common between all the islands and land masses in Oceania is not called the Oceania Ocean. But
0: missed opportunity.
1: You could break ground here, guys, or break water, but maybe not break wind.
0: All right. And don't break your heart. Sanjeev Hari Haran um, with his nine out of 10 review. Take it to paradise. Good movie. <laughs> First of all, great to watch George and Juliet after such a long time. Secondly, A good Hollywood movie after a long time, and that being a rom-com. Could have been a tad bit crisper and shorter, but George and Julia run the movie from start to the end. and control the script to the T. They're as refreshing as one saw them back in Ocean's Eleven. Actually, it's just Ocean (laughs) Eleven.
1: That's that's where Oceania is. It's in the 11th ocean.
0: (laughs) It's an Ocean Eleven. And both look extremely gorgeous and dashing. Her laughter is as fresh and divine as in Pretty Woman and George is as stunning as in ER. Great to see them after the Ocean series, Money Monster, and August, Orange County. I hope to see them together and many more movies to come. Sir, <laughs> I have two found that helpful.
1: Yeah, I understand that one. I get it.
0: And on the other hand... <laughs> Appalling is this ad-libbed, unrehearsed, trash. (laughs) I hate ad lib films. I don't know, but this must be like they were making it up as they went along. Amateurish, stupid, poorly acted. The only decent part is the scenery. The direction is chaotic, as is the cinematography. It's like they were in a rush to complete. The so-called jokes were as funny as herpes, and due to the ad-lib nature, fell flat. (laughs) Where have all the quality films gone? (laughs) I hate to say this, but this cinema has died a death in favor of cheap streaming movies. I believe that most cinemas will close, as there is literally nof- nothing on worth paying the ticket price. Trash like this shouldn't even be put to streaming, let alone the big screen.
1: That was, that was, that was strong Bernie or uh, yeah, Bernie Devito energy.
0: <laughs> I could feel it drifting into Bernie, and I was like, no, no, I can steer
1: it back to Danny.
0: Steer it back to Danny. <laughs> That's my new character (laughs) Bernie DeVito (laughs) Look out for him I am I am
1: advocating for trash Men for everyone I am advocating For Gunther's guns
0: (laughs) Go down And get yourself a piece (laughs) That's- Piece of the one percent.
1: <laughs> the trash man. All right. Um. Did anyone find that helpful?
0: Uh. Shockingly, twenty-four out of twenty-fifty-one found that helpful.
1: Um. Finally. And to save the best for last, as I like to do. Uh. From from Michael's iPhone. Uh. Four out of ten. I love that movie. <laughs> Michael's iPhone is got to go be... All right, for better or worse. They're in this together, for better or worse. Ticket to Paradise is a 2022 romantic comedy film directed by Ol' Parker. Island emoji. Meh, it passed the time. Sort of. Slant face emoji. A few funny scenes and many slow, average scenes. A divorced couple teams up and travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they think they made 25 years ago. A divorced couple teams up and travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same <laughs> mistake they think they made 25 years ago. A divorced couple teams up and travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they think they made 25 years ago. Zero out of zero. Found that helpful.
0: It's a perfect score
1: no it's 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 elevated above the realm of mortals.
0: you can't comprehend the fractional <laughs> <laughs> nature
1: he put the third time he put the plot synopsis at the end of the review mm. Michael's iPhone hats off to you what else what other masterpieces have you done? Oh, oh he's made a bunch. But this is the only oh, one good. where he's put he put the the synopsis in three times. Uh
0: well his iPhone's glitching, I guess. I guess so. Alright. Um Smile Outlasts Halloween Ends, which dropped a staggering Eighty. I'm getting ahead of myself. Smile brought in eight point four million dollars, down thirty two point six percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Halloween ends dropped eighty <laughs> percent.
1: It was in first last week.
0: It fell three spots. Eighty percent. I don't think I've ever seen a drop that big week over week in my however long I've been doing this segment. Like the for. only
1: time that's I feel like that happens is when like they start pulling it out of theaters. Or when
0: even then yeah. like that's that's huge i mean i guess th- there are other examples it's not the biggest loser this week um well and, on a percentage basis on a on a dollar amount basis i'm i'm certain that it is yeah i see see a couple 92 90 percent oh where um down, down at the very oh, okay. bottom.
1: Yeah. Those are the ones that can't.
0: Like The ones that are were in like four theaters and are now in one. Yeah.
1: But for something in the top ten to drop from from the yeah, first place a, like that.
0: Um, a big movie like this, which, I mean, I, I don't know if everyone realized, hey, this is on Peacock, or the people who would maybe go see it again in the theater were like, Watched it on peacock
1: i think that's i it's gotta be that like i don't know maybe people really just did straight up hate this movie and it likes and to it was and very J. polarizing <laughs> they, they get to sit there on their island of of this is their guilty pleasure
0: well i mean it's it's polarizing it's got a perfect five out of ten on imdb
1: you mm-hmm. know
0: it's got 41 percent Fresh on on Rotten Tomatoes, which means it's like a, a, about half the critics thought it was good, or a little less than half.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe um, it's just that. It's contagious. very
0: polarizing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is. Uh,
0: everyone seems to agree that Laila La- La- Crocodile is is pretty mid. Um, yeah,
1: when a when a kids movie drops like this, it's it's not a good sign.
0: million down 42.2%. And in its third week, already dropped by nearly a thousand theaters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin Smith's The Woman King down two more spots uh, into sixth this week, down 49.3%. Good enough for $1.8 million. That's a big drop off from fifth to sixth. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, this one feels like it's doing like a pretty typical run. um, But maybe. Like, everyone who saw it, who wanted to see it, saw it, and um, maybe had a bigger attach rate on the first viewing, but just not as much. Yeah.
0: It made $83 million, which maybe is
1: its money back?
0: I don't know. Hard to tell. Yeah.
1: I really don't know. Um,
0: this is a movie that could have been made very inexpensively or could have been explicably very, inexplicably very expensive.
1: Yeah. Um in in seventh, up from eighth. Um, Terrifier 2. They're
0: surging, surging up the leaderboards
1: into seven hundred and fifty theaters. <laughs> up fifty five.
0: Up fifty five more, baby. Hey, that's that's twenty three hundred dollar per theater take. That's more than Halloween ends. Yeah. That's more than La Crocodile, it's more than Woman King. It's a lot more than most of the shit below it and
1: they're they'll probably roll it out into they'll do a big push this weekend so they can catch the halloween hype
0: i think this will probably be it's as as wide a release as terrifier 2 is going to get Mm. (laughs) it will get this weekend i
1: would say synodime entertainment which is (laughs) they're not a name that i know too well so i have to imagine that they're playing this very by the book you know they're not taking any crazy risks. Like you know they're not making any stupid decisions. Um, this this feels like a a smart deployment.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking up Cinedime Entertainment Group, um, and for what I can see through the attempt to watermark me out of their IMDb Pro page, yeah, um, they have sixteen. 16- Projects currently in active development. They've been involved in 426 titles altogether. Uh, some of their past film and video include 10 Tricks, which they distributed uh, in the United States, All Jacked Up and Full of Worms, Boon, All in My Power, uh, which they distributed straight to video. Uh, they did All Media for All Jacked mm-hmm. Up and Full of Worms and Boon. And uh, Break, which they distributed on digital and VOD.
1: Um, Yeah, so it looks like they, I guess they have a bunch of like these tiny ass or like these weird uh, small streaming channels. Because they have like five, four or five different streaming services. They they have uh, Screambox, which is their horror one. They have Fandor. Okay. Which I think is like TV, uh, the Dove Channel, which is their. I'm assuming they're family friendly. Um, Con TV, which is their, I don't know, kids or action stuff, because it has it has um, the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Like it's you know the sat- the Saturday morning cartoon Sonic.
0: They also have.
1: DocuRama, which is their documents, and, of course, their...
0: A Bob Ross channel?
1: <laughs> which one?
0: The Bob Ross channel. Oh. Where I guess they just continually air the joy of painting. Oh, they also own El Ray Network.
1: This okay. is so, so weird.
0: Cynodyme is... Okay, I guess a pretty large company. So it
1: looks like they're like a parent company to a bunch of these things, or like they're uh, they're they're like a service for for streaming.
0: No, I think these are just, I think they're like Viacom, and that these are the the channels that they own, and they license them out to other people. Like L Ray Network, that's a real channel that you can get on cable. Yeah. Real Madrid oh yeah no if TV. you go to their
1: networks tab they have their whole list of all their channels and they're so okay they they own retro crush they own Kokoro, which is like the little the, the little kid show where you watch like Coco melon I think the the Elvis Presley channel real madrid. Yeah, dot TV yeah the country yeah so okay they they own like the The cable channels that sit between eight hundred and twelve fifty in your yeah. box,
0: <laughs> the ones that you you pay all those that money for. Uh, but yeah, Terrifier two terrifying up audiences to the tune of one point seven six million dollars. Uh, Don't worry, darling. Continues its drop down two spots into eighth sixty one point two percent. On that, it brought in all told, eighty-three million dollars. Uh, probably a little less than forecasted. Amsterdam continues its huge drop, down another four spots, down another seventy percent. Already ditched out of twelve hundred. Yeah, that's, that's arguably
1: worse than Halloween Ends. Because Halloween Ends. Well, I don't know. That's a that's a question. Is it worse to get dropped out of all those theaters and lose your box office, or is it worse to stay <laughs> to still
0: be in there? i think it's worse to still be in yeah, there you're still sinking and lose money into, all that money into um yeah uh what you... and it it shows like at least like if you're dropped out of the theaters and your box office goes down be like well you know yeah we didn't have the the theatrical presence to really bring have a strong weekend halloween has has no such yeah. excuse but I mean, if you're asking if it's worse to be Amsterdam or Halloween Ends, Halloween Ends made like a hundred million dollars. Amsterdam made like twenty-two. Yeah,
1: it's this. I don't. This was a weird foray for for Walt Disney. Yeah. Um, and then
0: we have the top ten triangle of sets. And there, this is
1: their full rollout. They, I think, this is probably as wide as they're going to go. I because it's been three yeah, weeks. Well, I don't know if they're going to try to spread it out any further after this well
0: 280 theaters is such a small amount i gotta figure that they they want to at least get into 500
1: Mm -hmm. like i don't know what the I, i i wonder what the share we should look this up sometime or i should look this up sometime what the share of like indie theaters is or art house theaters that you know aim to show independent movies over big studio blockbusters not to say that neon isn't like a fairly big studio well they're
0: a smaller company that's definitely fair to say mm-hmm. but and i think they're just a distributor yeah
1: so i i should look that up to see like what share of theaters in this list fall under things like cinemopolis doesn't in, in my hometown um yeah. and you know what this means so so you know what this all means though we just talked about the top ten, and we did not say Top Gun Maverick because that's they're, true. They're pulling out, <laughs> pull out, pull out, Maverick. We're going home. Uh, it's in fifteen.
0: Happened. It finally happened. Twenty two weeks on, and it drops out of the top ten.
1: Paramount, you are. They're fucking. They're popping the bubbly. They have a little bit of bubbly. Um, I mean, they're rolling in.
0: That's impressive. It's one of the more impressive theatrical runs that I have borne witness to.
1: Good Good on all the people who took the the incredible risk of betting on Tom Cruise to make a (laughs) a hit movie.
0: It's never been done before. It was it was very bold.
1: Those those venture capitalists out there on the edge. Um,
0: I don't think a VC would ever put money into a movie.
1: <laughs> so, so you know, and then we'll get the DVD releases, of course, or the Blu-ray. I guess it's the 4K Blu-rays. Um, I, it's
0: got to already be out on Blu-ray. Probably. For fuck's sake,
1: get your da- get your dad and grandpa this for Christmas. Um, yeah. So the moral of the story is they put Tom Cruise in a money in a, in a movie contract with the government, and everyone made a million dollars. They made a god billion dollars. Um let's see. Any other any funny ones? Anything out here down in the
0: No, I think we can probably Yeah. Move on to gaming news, which we'll discuss now. Um some some weird stories. We'll we'll start with some some not so weird stories. Dragon Age Dreadwolf is now fully playable from start to finish. It's reached its alpha milestone, which means that developers can zero in on improving graphics and gameplay. But the, the functional build of it is complete. So that game will be coming out at some point next year or so. And we'll see if it disappoints. Um... Gotham Knights, so we talked last week about the seemingly bizarrely high uh, system requirements for Gotham Knights, and we wondered if it was just like a very demanding game or very poorly optimized. It would seem the answer is very poorly optimized mm-hmm. as um, it's already had to have the studio like issue a statement that they're working on patches to improve the performance.
1: Never a good sign. Not necessarily a...
0: Warner Brothers Montreal are, mm-hmm. so not, not rock steady. Warner Brothers Montreal are the same people that brought you Arkham Origins, a.k.a. the worst Arkham game. Yep. Um By a pretty significant margin. It's... Uh, the team.
1: I don't know. All right, this is me going to be making like a a big generalization, and I need you to, Kurt, I need you to poke holes in my argument. I know it's a tough... I know you're not used to doing that. It's out of your weakness.
0: Never one to step on your toes.
1: (laughs) I'm going to throw out the big fucking straw man that Montreal Gaming Studios generally don't put out um, good games. I don't know any examples of... Like, they, they put out okay games, but...
0: I- Idos Montreal made something they made, good. I
1: mean, they made the Days X, uh, human. You know, what's the the middle one?
0: Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking of? Maybe. Oh, Idos Montreal has a pretty accomplished, um, thing. So they did the Tomb Raider reboot, and um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Rise, of Tomb Raider. They did the whole trilogy. They did Deus Ex. They did Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which I thought that was a Square Enix game. Um, they did some development on Marvel's Avengers, but that was definitely a Square Enix.
1: Yeah. Project. Um, let's see what Ubisoft Montreal put out. Did they put out OG Assassin's Creed?
0: Um, I don't think so.
1: Like they have all their big um franchises here. Okay, so they put out Valhalla. All right, Far Cry 6. Okay. Okay, so these are like these are big games for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean I I I I can't say that they have a great track record and I think part of that is because most game studios that open in Montreal do so because it's-
1: Got really good tech it's one of the
0: cheaper places to to run a gaming studio, and when you're you're looking to cut costs on that level, I think there's a chance that you're not willing to pay enough for for top talent, yeah, so you end up with a lot of people who are are less experienced working on your games.
1: I'd believe that
0: this is, this is just pure. Yeah, conjecture. And that's why I, I threw really this out in the first nothing place. Nothing to back like, this up.
1: You know, Montreal is, it's such a big place for a lot of game studios because of the, the financial incentives. The, the in, And yeah. when you're not, you know, when that's the driving force behind building your game studio there, that's going to be the driving force behind of a lot of things that happen at that game studio.
0: Yeah. I think, if 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 I had to to take a guess as to why it seems that way, that would be my guess mm. that you know they 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 don't really pay competitively, yeah, and don't attract top talent. Um, but uh,
1: yeah, I will. I did it... see one thing on the Ubisoft Montreal site that looks <laughs> looks a little nifty. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard anything about this or seen anything about this roller champions. It looks like hmm. um it looks like fucking rollerball, <laughs> where it's you're doing the roller derby laps, but it's got like the hoop from um, uh the hoop from Rotel Dorado, where it's like the side up on the wall and you have to throw it through the old uh, hoop there. So, it, I mean, it looks like an okay, uh, an okay game.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sure it appeals to the people it would would reasonably appeal to. Um. All right. So, moving on from that. Uh, that's that's a top gun maverick story. <laughs> it's not a video game. Uh, Steam decks new UI is um, coming to big picture mode on desktop version of steam. So uh big picture mode is a little bit dated in terms of its aesthetic and interface on the main desktop steam. It's perfectly functional for what it is, but it is definitely uh, showing its age in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, but after years of very incremental updates. This is the first big overhaul to big picture since its inception, generally. Um, And it's available to demo now for certain Steam users. Um, I don't know what you have to do to uh, get involved with that, but here's a summary of Valve's changes. We're adding a new home screen where you can continue playing recent games, see what's new with your g- games in your library, a uh, new universal search that searches across the library store and your friends, a uh, new controller configurator designed for ease of use, picking, adjusting, and creating c- custom controller configurations. Hopefully it works a little bit better in terms of, like, if the game has native controller support not enabling itself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um optimize Steam Store for controller navigation, updated in-game overlay with access to achievements and guides. Um, new system menu for quick navigation, different parts of the interface, uh, new quick access menu for access to notifications, friend lists, etc. So just a general UI overhaul, which uh is welcome, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh more more shit. Leaking out of the Activision Blizzard, <laughs> I was going to say outhouse, oh, yeah, but it also works. Yeah, yeah. Um, according to a former Blizzard director, Activision's effect on Blizzard was like a frog in a boiling pot of water. Which, uh, for the record, the frog will hop yes,
1: out. They, for those of you curious, the the way the reason that happened, the experiment was they lobotomized the frog. Which, you know, what does this say about the people at Activision Blizzard?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing good. Uh, Three Blizzard and Blizzard North veterans gave a talk at the Puerto Rico Gaming Expo during which there was some red hot Diablo 3 chat, and the Triumvirate also discussed Blizzard more generally. However, one topic that came up was the closure of the much beloved Blizzard North. Blizzard North originally founded as an independent studio by. Diablo creator David Brevik was once, was one of the very few studios that was able to effectively work with Blizzard in an era where most external projects got cancelled. The decision to close the studio in August 05 still rankles some to this day. Uh, Closure came up in a panel discussion Jay Wilson talked about when they closed down Blizzard North at which point composer and sound engineer Matt Ullman had something, to get something off his chest. He did not he did the music and sound design Well, Jay did various roles. All right, so let's just get to the quote. Also, they closed down, by the way, Settle, and Wikipedia says that, like, for Vendee or the French made a decision. Don't believe the business history you read online. Business history is always stupid and wrong. You spend five minutes looking at who owns who and realize... Oh, the At who owns what and realize what the reality is most of these situations. He wanted to explain the reality as he saw it unfold. The French didn't shut the studio down in 2005. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Wow was making more money than like the CIA selling crack in 1988. And so Mike Marahim, who I like, had all the money and all the leverage in that situation. And maybe it wasn't, an inappropriate move no matter how it was handled it may have been the right call at the time um it's not really dishing on Activision um near the end of the panel discussion there was a question about an even bigger event okay the impact of the Activision takeover and the formation of Activision Blizzard Activision's effect on Blizzard was like a frog in a boiling part of water said Wilson early on it felt like nothing later as business models progressed for procs became more and more the procs that were newer that were making money, had enormous amounts of pressure on them to produce. Like here is the Storm, they were just crushed in meetings with Activision where they were always talking about the bottom line, how to pull more money out of that. Diablo 3 wasn't affected too much because we were all very solidly premium boxed model. What?
1: Diablo Um, 3 wasn't affected that much? Well... I guess it's Diablo Immortal that got the the brunt of that shit. Yeah,
0: I mean, Diablo 3, other than, like, the auction house, which they did reverse course on, I don't think was too bad and people really liked the game after the uh, whatever Reaper expansion came out
1: okay yeah,
0: for it at least that's what the book I read <laughs> says but that book was written by someone who writes for Polygon so take it with a grain of salt yeah.
1: the only source I ever trusted at Polygon was Brian David Gilbert
0: that's true he,
1: he would be able to gone. really tell us what's going on
0: I just I should just like get a direct line to Matt McMuscles. Be like, hey, <laughs> give us the scoop.
1: I got an, I got an inside source.
0: <laughs> uh, Disco, Elys- a Disco Elysium writer is suing developer ZA uh, slash UM. This has been kind of going on a little bit underneath the surface. There's been some some public barbs traded by some of the people who worked at Disco Elysium at each other Ooh. at the developer um, yeah politics so in would not ex- my Disco
1: Elysium
0: it's I more would, likely
1: than you think
0: I would not uh, I would not expect a sequel <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm driving at here earlier this month Martin Luiga Studios ZA slash UM founding member and developer on one of the PC, uh, one of PC gamers all time favorites Disco Elysium I think the game might be slightly overpraised but it is it is a unique experience so we'll give that he said the company has oh, announced the dissolution of ZEA slash UM Cultural Association <laughs> that's not a pretentious name for your company yeah uh, he said that the company as a cultural project no longer represents the ethos it was founded on adding that artist Alexander Rotsov and writers Helen Hindpuri and Robert Kruvitz left involuntarily in a follow-up interview. Luiga said that the three were fired on false premises, implying that legal action against ZAUM was incoming. Now, as reported by Tech News Space, that does indeed seem to be the case, as seen as the as on the Estonian Ministry of Justice site, Rijiji Tetaji, writer Kruvitz has filed suit against the AUM uh, on behalf of his own company, Telomer OEU. So I wonder, I wonder how much of you know, like Reversal and all that. I assumed it was a fictionalized,
1: uh,
0: yeah country and all that i wonder if how much of it's based on like romanian history
1: sure i'm sure there's some, probably some illusions taken but i i really don't know for sure
0: yeah but uh yeah so enjoy disco elysium because disco elysium 2 probably not gonna happen
1: <laughs> economic boogaloo
0: <laughs> Yeah um fallout 4 is getting a 3 4k update next year so you can enjoy the the second worst fallout in all its glory oh good oh is is it worse than fallout 3 yeah yeah probably yeah probably um and i t- staying on fallout there's a fallout tv show in the works. that's happening yeah works. With um it's got a trailer and everything. Walton uh Todd Todd Howard talks about <laughs> about the show. <laughs> um it's the twenty fifth anniversary of Fallout. And they're rolling out a series of short videos containing any in interviews with Todd Howard and Tim Kane, you know, the people responsible for creating Fallout. Definitely
1: Oi uh, yeah, the show has, uh, uh, it's got Walton Goggins in the lead, or one of the top-billed.
0: Pretty good yep. choice, I would and, say.
1: Um, the other Nolan.
0: Yeah, they couldn't get Chris, so they got Jonathan.
1: Johnny boy. Um,
0: Jonathan Nolan has co-wrote uh, most of Chris Nolan's movies. Mm-hmm. And um, he has experience in television. He's the creator and he wrote 36 episodes of Westworld. I don't know how many episodes of Westworld there are, but um seems he wrote a good, good chunk of them. He's also created the television show person of interest and was a writer on 103 episodes of that.
1: Um, so he's, he's got, I mean,
0: so he's got creds. I, I I've, we're we're surprised that like people of prestige are signed on mm-hmm. to this project more so than like shitting on it and, now i think you could do a fallout show mm-hmm. and i don't think it would be that hard to do it in a way that would be pleasing to everyone
1: right i and it is important the way we've been wording this is important because of course having prestigious um cast and crew and production values um, is no guarantee of quality. In the end, yeah. it, it they true. can be strong indicators, but um, I just I think of I think of Star Trek. You know, I, although I will say the the Kurtzman Squad was uh, <laughs> one of one of the downfalls on that one, but you know they they had a lot of production value. They had a lot of. A lot of classic yeah. actors who did other good Star Wars stuff and uh, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. and yeah, and we all know how that turned out.
0: Well, I, I would say that the movies, like at least Star Trek 2009. Yeah. While it's not really like Star Trek in the sense that most people. View Star Trek, oh, or Star like, Trek, Curious yeah. View Star Trek. Yeah. It It's an entertaining enough movie. Uh, Into Darkness sucked, but I thought Beyond, was that the third yeah. one? I thought that yeah. was pretty oh, good.
1: I think people really enjoyed that one. I didn't have too bad so, of a time with it.
0: Uh, on, on the mass. I mean, in the original five Star Trek movies, you know, they kind of ping pong between being pretty good and pretty bad. I mean, they averaged out to be, you know, pretty good and I, th- I feel like that's also true of of J.J. Abrams' trilogy and the world knows how much I'm loathe to give J.J. J. Abrams <laughs> any praise.
1: True enough.
0: So, yeah. we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. Um, and we, just like we saw how Black Adam turned out, and uh, boy, howdy, let me tell you.
1: Let's let's <laughs> get into it, kids, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Black Adam, starring Dwayne the, the Statue Johnson.
0: Yeah, I will. I will lead with my executive summary of this movie. It's not good. It's
1: not it's not good. Not not great. Um, it it doesn't feel like it, it it feels janky i think that's the best one of the the simplest way to describe it is it feels janky and not uh not elegant really or well put together
0: it's very scattershot in how it's put together it's trying to do a lot of things well i mean i i say that <laughs> But i'm not sure it's true well in terms of
1: its source material i would say that's true like it's trying to introduce black adam which would link it to shazam and those those features it's introducing the justice society which is a whole another faction that has literally gotten no introduction in any in any um property that i know of up to this point in dc um it's trying to tell this story using you know a uh, high profile actor who they want back for for stuff and they're trying to do all this big DC lore stuff and then also try and tell this story I guess of this very grounded story of uh, an oppressed people and the and the family um and they, they don't work it
0: it accomplishes none of these things um this movie Kind of fails spectacularly it feels like a on a number itself, of levels. Yeah, and I won't say like in a in a in a an objective sense, it's not as bad as something like Morbius. No, but Morbius at least kind of like it didn't get all the way there, but at least like dipped a toe into so bad it's good territory.
1: Mm. I. I'll offer the counter view that this was I was very entertained by the schlock that happened in this Um, by I was happy to yell at it and be like, what are you doing, movie? (laughs) Why did why are you making these decisions?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's plenty to laugh at with Black Adam and, you know, not the stuff that they expected you to laugh at. Although, in our theater, some of these jokes played. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there is, there is a, an audience for that. But I it, mean, we saw before
1: we watched, the audience rating was fucking 90% on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Which is crazy to me. I don't understand how that many people, people could...
1: fucking love Dwayne Johnson, I guess.
0: But he's like... <laughs>
1: He barely does anything
0: in the movie.
1: I know I've been harping on it a lot, but like if you if you once you catch it, it's impossible to not notice that most of his actions in the movie are close up shots from him from the chest up doing dialogue or him from very far away where he's definitely a green screen character, unanimated, sliding across the screen because like, I mean, it makes sense. You know, Teth Adam is very powerful and flying doesn't even he doesn't even need to be aerodynamic to fly. Sure. Like he doesn't need to assume the flying pose, but it comes off as if they just didn't animate him, animate his uh, character in flight. And they just sort of clicked and dragged across the screen.
0: There's one scene particularly, I guess we'll, we'll talk about spoilers because we yeah
1: this will be the quickest one ever um i mean watch this if you want to fucking laugh if you if you if you're hoping you enjoy the character of black adam because he is a good character in the comics he's a he's a pretty interesting character uh don't yeah i don't walk into this expecting anything except uh fucking you'll be
0: disappointed
1: yeah it think aquaman
0: yeah this is kind of Aquaman tier. I didn't I didn't have the same like uh passionate anger towards this movie that I had toward Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Peter and I also saw Aquaman together yeah. so he's he remembers quite oh, well we how got, yeah
1: we got that whole theater ourselves just to, there's one other guy but we got to fucking lampoon that whole thing.
0: And it was it was so dumb. I don't know if this movie's quite that dumb, but I think it's worse made.
1: Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Um, Oh, don't waste. I wouldn't waste your money. I would wait for this to come to HBO Max.
1: And just the the definitive icing on the cake in case, and you haven't heard it from anyone else. This has a major case of precocious child actor syndrome.
0: Oh, we. I'll I'll get get to to that. But the gist of
1: it is, there is a kid character, and he is in. He infests this movie, and the way it's written and the way it's directed is really bad and it really <laughs> really undercuts the movie. Um well, so if you don't like well, let's... if you have problems with like kid actors, this is prob this is like all your nightmares come true.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's let's flip on to spoilers here and talk about this kid character. Oman Tomaz played by Badhi Sabangui is perhaps the worst character in a movie I have ever seen. Like if you fought short round and Indiana Jones and the temple of doom was annoying, you have seen nothing. If you fought literal joke character, Basil exposition spewed a lot of exposition, by god, Amon would make him blush with how much exposition he spews. And the the actor whose name I'm not going to attempt to pronounce again, uh he fucking made Jake Lloyd in The Phantom Menace look like fucking goddamn Marlon Brando. Yeah.
1: His <laughs> like his uh, you know uh, Amon's character like the whole point of that character was he skateboards in cuz he's a fucking kid from the 90s apparently. And like yells the plot. Condon is just now
0: getting the '90s,
1: (laughs) and tells him that he's a cool superhero, and that I like superheroes, and the audience likes superheroes, and you're totally a superhero. So that Dwayne Johnson and you know Black Adam can go. I'm not a hero. I'm someone different. Looks directly at the camera.
0: Therein lies one of my biggest problems with this movie is that the whole they they beat you over the head with this in the trailer and in a lot of the dialogue for the movie where Black Adams like I'm not a hero I'm no hero etc cetera, etc cetera. but if you look at his body of work in the movie he kind of is a hero it's
1: literally what he does
0: they really didn't do a whole lot to make him villainous like and that's that's a a big part of black adam's intrigue you know is his his kind of like ability to to put you on edge and, mm-hmm. and you know be a ruthless sort of character um like yeah he kills some of the bad guys and, and admittedly in some of the them pretty brutal ways mm-hmm. uh but that's really more towards the beginning yeah when he when you're like oh yeah okay so he's he hasn't like fully developed as a character yet and by the time it gets to the end of the movie he, the the line between him and any member of the justice society is so thin that any like intriguing narrative potential you had with the Black Adam character is basically gone. And the only thing anyone is gonna give a shit to see with Black Adam again is him fight Superman.
1: Right. Cause spoilers, that's in that's in the ass the ass end of this. Well movie. we're in spoilers yeah. already. Uh but, but <laughs> extra spoilers. Yeah, as soon I, I feel like as soon as the kid enters the movie as a character, um any like Again, even the fucking the oh the really nasty scenes at the beginning was like oh a guy turns into a cartoon skeleton because he hit got hit by lightning. Um, you know I've seen he really,
0: like melted a dude straight up. Also, and and to to Peter's earlier point about <laughs> the lazy kind of animation, there's a a scene that had to be in there by mistake. Like there's there's no way they meant for that to be in the final cut of the movie where it's, they're like, peeking in through a hole in the cave at, you know, Black Adam Murk, and these dudes, and it literally is just fucking dragging his CGI character model between three different points with, like, no animation in between. It is the fucking jankiest so shit I've ever bad. seen in a major studio like, movie. Like,
1: that's the sacrifice I think they had to make to... Like, it was either that or you have full animation, but that low CGI quality that we've seen out of like moon Knight and like the the Marvel stuff that come out lately, because again, we are (laughs) the, the animation industry in Hollywood is being run ragged and you, you, you just can't get out the quality that we've had, you know, five years ago. Um, so they have to cut stuff somewhere and this is, this is where it comes out. Um, so, yeah, what do I say? Like, yeah, the lore it it doesn't make sense to his character. If you're a fan of the Black Adam character, I guess this is also pretty bad. Because, like, again, he's just not enough of a yeah. villain. As I understand it, Black Adam, Black Adam, is the kind of dude who will destroy an enemy nation's capital if they send like a tank in to look at his border of his country. Like, he's yeah. all about like, and... insane retribution. For trying to impinge upon his people.
0: He's kind of like a Doctor Doom esque character, too, where he rules a, a nation state with with an iron fist. He's he's pretty well liked by Kondak in, in some stories. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it obviously depends on on what the story being told is. And I'm not super familiar with his total comic book history. So maybe there is a a version of Black Adam that closely resembles this, but to my knowledge, uh, this is a pretty big departure from the established canon. But you know, you gotta assume that someone tasked with writing this movie has probably, hopefully, read more Black Adam comics than I have. But who knows what studio interference dictated? Yeah. So like the the major thing is like you're, it's revealed like at the beginning of the false end of the movie, because they felt the need to have a, a false ending in this movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is, um. well, yeah, we'll talk about that. I kind of want to talk about the, like, so we'll get, I will skip over the main, the chunk of this movie, because this movie has a first act, for sure, where he comes out of his prison, and he's there, and he's living, and then the second, third act becomes super muddled, and most of them become... Basically, here's the breakdown of a typical Black Adam scene. Hawkman punches Black Adam. Or no, uh, Black Adam punches uh, he, he melt he zaps someone from Intergang. Then Hawkman goes, "That's not nice, Black Adam," and punches him, and Black Adam punches him back but harder cuz he's stronger. And then the kid comes in and like, "But you're a hero, you should be with the heroes." And Black Adam goes, "I'm not a hero. I'm not that kind of guy." And Hawkman says, oh, you're so bad, but we need to bring you in because we're the Justice Society and we're heroes. Because it's your movie. Um, Repeat that about five to six times. Um,
0: I I also really enjoy the fact that this kid is is shown. Like, if there's one thing this movie, you know, shows you and doesn't tell you, basic tenet Mm -hmm. of filmmaking, Um it's that this kid is obsessed with superheroes. He's got, you know, justice league posters all right. over his wall. Which is um, a
1: huge cliche.
0: Yeah. But even in universe, the justice society are such fucking C listers that this kid has no idea who any of them are. Mm. Um, Dr. Fate is the most interesting character in this movie and uh Pierce Brosnan's probably gives the most memorable performance and it's not as if Pierce Brosnan really brought his A game to this yeah. one.
1: He just like he's like I I can do a superhero thing if fucking if, if they got all those people in Eternals, you just pull in whoever I could be in this movie and they're like hey, we'll yeah. let you do like we'll let you do like a Professor X. You get to your character gets to be in the cool mansion in Louisiana. And then there's yeah. Well,
0: I think that was Hawkman. Oh yeah, okay. Because you know Hawkman, classically depicted as being very rich. Mm. Yeah. Oh man.
1: And they get the fucking. It's the fucking X Men. Blackbird (laughs) comes out of out of Charles Xavier's school for gifted children. Um and flies there. Um yeah, like the Justice Society in this has those two characters, and then they have the two like side characters, which is like Cyclone and Adam Smasher. And I feel like they're there, they're there just to like have a token romantic interest going on in the movie and to have characters that they can put into er, characters that are acted by people who are not high profile enough where they can't put them into CW shows for a little (laughs) clout. Like, you're not someone who can deny this contract. We will offer you big boy bucks if you go beyond Supergirl or some shit. Or yeah. like, uh, what's the people of t- like the heroes of tomorrow or something? The one with the time travel. I don't.
0: Yeah, I, I don't watch any of this
1: shit. Um, so, th- Yeah. It's just like them and him talking. Inner gang barely plays a part until they get the MacGuffin at the end. And I, I literally yeah. thought that they were going to end the movie without that. Like, fair enough. I guess they got me. That's <laughs> not. <laughs> I, I don't feel. I was I hopeful they should feel proud movie. that they did that because they just wrote the ending to the movie and then they tacked on another ending.
0: So I feel like it's kind of an indictment, though. That we had such little faith in this movie, that we could have seen it ending without yeah, the
1: crown that turns you a into big, a demon, never being worn by anyone,
0: and and no one ever wears it. That's true. Like he just gets turned into a demon because he got zapped holding it, and. <laughs> you know black adam like willfully surrenders which is so out of out of the black adam character um um and it's 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 just to set up a scene where he gets the fight task force x people where where water's flowing
1: yeah and that and they get to use the (laughs) stunt double for the one scene where um his character has to do hand-to-hand combat because he's they did the reverse, uh, Captain America, where they CGI'd him back onto the onto the scrawny body when they need to show um, when they need to show the face of the Dwayne.
0: Wouldn't that have just been Captain America? Because they true, CGI'd yeah. Chris Evans's face onto a scrawny person. I guess I
1: sh- I guess I said reverse because in Captain America they, they do the scrawny body, then go to the big guy. But in Black Adam, you right, see him yeah. and then go to the. But yes. It, same the same idea where they just take the the actor's face. And they put him on a, a tinier CG body. So, yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, I don't think he ever does. act He doesn't really do full on action choreography on this. I do not believe it. Um,
0: well, it's because he, he doesn't want to get hurt before his big WrestleMania match for Roman Reigns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, if he, he's going to come out in the in the fucking Black Adam-esque gear. And then Roman, and then Roman comes out in White Ranger Tiger Power uh, gear. I
0: don't think Roman could pull off White Ranger Tiger. Oh, Power. Roman!
1: I, I got him confused with Seth.
0: <laughs> fuck me! Fuck me! They're so similar.
1: <laughs> I just, I just pictured the black wet hair, and that's that's all they exist <laughs> as in my mind. <laughs> and and big biceps. Those are like everything in the middle is just like a shadow. <laughs>
0: peter has face
1: blindness (laughs) (laughs) that that may explain a lot um yeah so there are a couple of of egregious things in this you know some really particularly stupid things um one the crown where they they so it's supposed to be a twist that like the runes on the crown say a phrase but they had it upside down and that means you read it backwards but that's not how like words work or letters or writing, um, I mean, maybe it does in the ancient Kondak runes, but
0: okay. So this is this is wild. I've I've discovered something Ooh. here. So this is basically a live action adaptation of a precursor animated short. So they they like put out an animated like precursor to this
1: is this related to that weird animated trailer that they did
0: yeah i I think this might be it actually that it just has an official name black adam precursor because
1: i remember that they did that like they just had a trailer that didn't even have any like live action in it before they like when they announced the name and then they like a year later they put the trailer out
0: Yeah, so right, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, yeah, because that came out in 2020. And uh, it was written by Jim Lee, and it has Dwayne Johnson listed as a voice credit in the exact same plot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the movie, like the kid is in too many scenes. and the
1: worst, You want to talk about the worst scene that he's in? The pinnacle of
0: which? Which one do you think? The so
1: my candidate for the worst scene that the your kid is your
0: in, version. I think your opinion on what the worst scene he is in, and my opinion on what the worst scene he is in, is different. Okay,
1: then I'll throw mine out first. It's the one at the end of the movie during the climactic battle, in which. So, I guess it's two scenes, but I'm going to say the one after he gives the inspiring speech, quote unquote. Um, it's the scene where it cuts to him moving at two miles an hour on his skateboard as a as a horde of, of townsfolk kind of saunter into battle behind him and he's like not even centered in the frame. He's off to the side by some rubble. Like the movie doesn't even care enough to put him in the middle of the action. He just kinda comes in and he's like, yeah. No, like his arms are at his side. No like exuding no character no triumph no no leader charisma um yeah he just kind of farts his he farts his way onto the screen and the plot element continues
0: see that is that that, um, that's not a great scene and any scene he's in really could be considered the worst scene he's in because they're all pretty bad um my opinion for what his worst scene is is right at the very beginning, you don't have to wait long for it is I guess they're trying to smuggle his mom past Gang, and he bumps into <laughs> someone from Gang, and like dumps all the exposition about how you know you're a oppressor in our country, oh and, yeah, you know all this shit and the the guy like. This is your introduction to the character, really. I, I think he m- probably narrated the the historical opening part. Yeah, um, but
1: you don't realize. But this is like your
0: you. introduction to the physical character, and like this is this is where he's supposed to connect with the audience. And he did such a fine job connecting with the audience that when the uh, inner gang soldier whipped out his baton. About to beat his ass I was like good yeah he deserves it That's the
1: correct response to that (laughs) He just like yeah he just He just comes up like that's the first line Is he walks up to a dude Drops comics on the ground and like Yells a political Platform at him
0: (laughs) Yeah it's so bad Like no one talks Like that especially not a fucking kid
1: Yeah um, And yeah, it's it's stilted, and that's I think that's that's a good characterizing word is that his dialogue is just stilted throughout the whole movie.
0: Because um, the kid can't fucking act. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. What what else? Was there anything else I was gonna like? There's plenty I could t- like. I could just kind of like meander until I hit a bad moment, and talk about it, and meander until I hit another one. Uh, I will say the other non superhero supporting characters. They could come and go.
0: They're pretty bad. Even most of the superhero supporting... Like, anyone not named Dr. Fate is just not a very interesting character in this movie. Yeah. And, I mean, like, it makes sense because Pierce Brosnan is, like, the the only actor other than Dwayne mm-hmm. who has any sort of, like, cachet or gravitas uh, to their career. And, well, Dwayne is a a good actor. He rarely takes roles that challenge him. And, uh, this is perhaps his least challenging role of all. Um, Um, I also the, the one thing I want to, the one major criticism, because this, this, I've, I stew on this all the time and I want to like, ask the question, why is it so fucking hard for these major, studio movies of any kind, not even necessarily superhero movies, but any of these big tentpole films, why is it so fucking hard for them to pick a tone and stick with it? And I'm not saying, like, you can't have, like, comic relief in a more serious movie. That's fine. But, like, comic relief comes from, like, a specific character. Like, you don't have your ultra-serious anti-hero type Mm -hmm. fucking quipping right <laughs> it's just and and just the the way it yo-yo from being like a, a serious like it yo yos from being like a a political statement to being like a a very uh personal story to being generic superhero schlock to to being not much of anything like the, it just it floats around all over the place there's no consistency to it Mm. and it's a problem in a lot of movies today and i i don't understand why it's so
1: hard it's (laughs) because i think it's because the ones that do it well um they're not understood by the folks who are making more of these i i just think about this because um yesterday there's a you know the last couple days a story came out that james gunn and i think who else I think someone else um, was they're taking over like I guess creative control for the DC extended universe. Um so, uh, okay. S- uh, Saffron. Someone's Saffron.
0: Um Saff better than Saffron uh,
1: Peter okay, uh Peter Saffron, who did Shazam and Aquaman. Um okay. and we liked and we liked Shazam. Um
0: I did like Shazam and we
1: liked Peacemaker. And
0: Peacemaker was. Good. I
1: think this was a case of the who, the producers saw they saw like Peacemaker, and saw that that was juggling multiple tones very well, but they didn't realize how it was doing that. In that, you know, yeah, the character of Peacemaker was the same character whether he was you know whether yeah. the context was a little more serious or they more did. comedic. He was still kind of the bumbling, you know, fool who.
0: Well, another thing they did really well with Peacemaker was, like, they showed you that in a very organic way without, like, telling you as much, like, just through the actions of the character, they show you that the Peacemaker, uh, like, the identity of Peacemaker as far as, like, this ultra-buff you know, manly man kind of thing was a facade that, you know, the, the man behind the mask hid behind in order Mm. to, to gain acceptance from his father and, you know, hide his, his own personal trauma. Right. And they, they communicate that very well through just a handful of positive scene, the handful of very well done scenes. Um, where it's just him. Like he, he obviously never shows those vulnerabilities to anyone else. Um, mm-hmm. and this movie does no- nothing of the sort. No,
1: it, it <laughs> tries. It's definitely trying. Cause like, it, a lot of, as a lot of people mentioned, the uh, twist that was shown in the trailer is now in the back, in the back end of the movie. Um, so it's really not much of a twist because everyone saw it in the advertising. Yeah. Um, the, Yeah, so just, just bad characterization and bad tone management, um, because they're not they just people who were involved in the creative on this didn't really understand how to manage what they had. Um, I'll make one more. I'll make two more quick remarks. First remark: the conduct is apparently three square city blocks because they had (laughs) one set for this. They had the throne room set and the town square set and it's that's another one of those just painfully obvious things that they didn't have all of that um I will I one positive and my other mark is one positive that I liked the I guess the concept of intergang of of like you know, it's kind of like the the Rocket Thieves from the old Fleischer Superman cartoons, right? That the gang that is just a regular criminal gang that's been uplifted by like superhero level tech. Same kind of thing with Vulture's crew in the in um, Spider Man coming. You know, that's yeah. a that's not a bad idea. You know, it's a shame that they really didn't get any. Like they got a couple action scenes, I guess.
0: They were they were goons to be to be gonked. Mm-hmm. That's and, really all they were. And the
1: whole point was that like they they were there. They were they were jobbers. They were set up to be jobbers to Black Adam.
0: Yeah, like this whole movie is like why do things happen is, is always answered by it it needed to happen for the movie to be a movie. Like the crown is just a MacGuffin to chase after. It really doesn't they literally, factor too much into the story. Yeah,
1: I the whole reason they get the crown like they explain this they're like we need to get the crown out of hiding so we can put it in hiding. Yeah. That's, it... that's bad baby. Um, and yeah, the fact that the villains don't necessarily matter is something that, you know, you would think that, uh, the rock might've learned from wrestling where, uh, n- no selling, uh, guy who beats all the jobbers all the time, isn't a really compelling character.
0: Also, you know, you could mitigate that somewhat by, you know, having Black Adam be a little more morally ambiguous. Exactly. But from what you see on the screen, there's no reason for you other than the movie like suggesting it to feel that the Justice Society is more in the right than Black Adam. Like there's no – you don't have the, a body of good works for them to mm-hmm. to rest their, their reputation Maybe. on. In fact, you see them working with Amanda Waller who, if you've watched any of the other stuff with Amanda Waller in it, you know that she's not a good person and not really trustworthy and not someone that you really want to get in bed with.
1: Yeah, and they're just like – they're just calling her up and they're <laughs> – You'd think they were on, they were on like Task Force X, if they were fucking on this assignment. Um, I I the I guess the intention was you were supposed to be conflicted, where like the Justice Society had the right um, process, but the wrong intentions. Like you know because they were the outsiders trying to impose their will. But on the other hand, you have Black Adam who's supposed to be in the right morally, but like have really bad you know have really. Um, gruesome methods which should make you be like is it really right that he's doing this level of violence even if it's for the right reasons they again they didn't pull that off they did not manage that and so they all just kind of mush into the middle they argue about a lot of stuff just back and forth and the ending happens after a false ending Yeah, and they just the pacing blew the tone blew the production values uh, were kind of transparent, and the intent of the movie got buried underneath all the extended universe stuff that they were trying to do.
0: Well, you could. I feel like perhaps the intent of this movie was just to set up. It's just to introduce the rocks Black Adam into this universe, and. Set up the next project, which you know, it seems like the next big crossover DCEU movie, depending upon what they decide to do with this mess that's become the Flash movie. Which that was that making. was funny
1: when he, like, he the kid at one point points to a picture of the Flash, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> he's, he's not in this,
0: yeah. Um. But it seems like they're setting up for a a throwdown between Black Adam and Superman, which the lizard part of my brain would be excited to see Henry Cavill and Dwayne Johnson pretend beat the shit out of each other. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe that'll be... Will that be enough of a
1: redeeming factor?
0: I don't know how you're going (laughs) to... Like they they seem to have forgotten that black adam is uh Shazam's arch nemesis not Superman's yeah. um,
1: will he show up so in fury of the
0: gods not probably not yeah. they might do something with a post credit scene but i don't know i this it's just uh, i didn't have great expectations for this movie and i'm still kind of let down by just how bad it is and I don't know what it is with DC, man. Like every time they put out a good movie, it feels like they put out three more that are bad. You know, it's like one step forward, three steps back every time for DC. And I, the fucking mess that the DC EU is in now, where you have the Batman and it's planned sequels. How do those tie into any of this? If so, how? You know, like what's going on with Flash, Aquaman 2, I guess is still planning to come out. You got Henry Cavill back as Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you you tease Dark Side? Are, are is that happening still? Is that going to be relevant at any point? Is is Black Adam going to find himself in the Justice League
1: <laughs> to fight Dark Side? Like, <laughs> where are you going with this? Yeah, there. Fucking all right, here's my here's my long shot prediction, right? They're the people, the executives. So if if James Gunn can't wrestle this into a into a reasonable uh, series of films, right, if he can't fucking wrangle this together, um, the the executives who are who are ostensibly like inputting directions into this ship right now, they're going to see the Thunderbolts movie. They're going to go, oh, it's a team of bad guys. Wait, we already did Suicide <laughs> Squad. Uh, League of Doom.
0: In fact, we did that twice. Or Legion, Legion of Doom. Yeah, we'll yeah. do the
1: Legion of Doom movie.
0: Oh, could you imagine fucking Jesse Eisenberg? And they did tease... <laughs> they teased the Injustice Society, right? At the end of Batman vs. Superman, Deathstroke. Oh, yeah,
1: or the Injustice Society, on a, yeah. On a,
0: on a boat with... Uh, Lex Luthor and, and someone else, I don't even remember who. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't. I don't know, dude. It's fucking Yeah. It's a mess. Every criticism I've had about Marvel Phase 4 being like what what the hell are we doing here is, you know, like DC's worse right now in terms of clear directions, but i will admit some of the 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 prospects that they've they've introduced here are interesting perhaps a little more interesting uh than if everything had gone to plan based on their roadmap um but you know i guess i guess we'll see what they what they where they go from here unfortunately they uh they still seem to struggle with putting out quality films but uh, i guess we're in the minority 90 percent audience score on rotten tomatoes 7.1 on imdb
1: but the thing Uh, is like the other the last thing i'll say with this was when i talk anyone or the the comments i've seen about this movie are people who don't like it (laughs) so I, i i'm even i'm more baffled than you as to what where the positive um praise is coming from.
0: There's really not much praiseworthy about this movie, like if I'm being completely honest. And like, you know, I I want these movies to be good, like DC especially. Like I I have a fondness for a lot of these characters. I want to see the movie industry do right by them, but they just can't seem to get it together. And it's really it's sad. Like this movie is really bad. Aquaman was really bad. Um, the first Suicide Squad was like barely a movie. It was so bad. It just like the the misses far outweigh the hits with the DCEU. And I wish that weren't the case. Yeah. But uh, until until they can get their act together, and hopefully uh they've they've put the right people in charge to do that um we'll 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 call it like yeah. we see it and uh thank you for for tuning in uh, I think that's gonna be a wrap on three thirty eight Jake should be back on the show next week We'll probably
1: watch uh, um well no, it's not quite Wakanda forever that'll be in a couple weeks
0: yeah, I don't know we'll figure yeah. it out um but no uh, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995.
1: Peace. And bye bye now.